0: What is happening? Are you Kevin Adams? Yeah. Who are you? Kevin, we don't have a lot of time. I've been sent here for you. Your doors are about to close again. I need to get you out of here. You want to get out of here? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. All right. Come with me. Let's go. All right. So, Kevin, what we're going to do is we're just going to head down here. I hope you're going to be able to climb because we're just going to... and the orange is definitely my color. Oh, no, 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 no. You want to leave everything behind. If you bring that with you, the dogs will be able to find you. You'll be right back oh, here. right, right, right. Okay, yeah, right. All right, yeah, okay. so. All right, team. I have the package. We're headed to the extraction zone right now. Kevin, what I need you to do is... What? What are you doing? This bed is perfect for me, okay? You think that we're gonna be able to get that through there? It contours to my every shape, okay? I can't sleep without it. Kevin, let's go. All right, let's go, okay, okay, okay. yeah. All right, so... Wait! Hot Dog Wednesday! What? Today's Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday. They they serve hot dogs on Wednesday. Are you serious? Are you... Yeah, I I can't miss that! Kevin, you can buy whatever food you want whenever we're out there! We just, we just need to go! What about Chester? Okay, what is that? Uh, okay, okay, just hold on. Oh, oh my gosh, what is it? Uh, Kevin! What is it now? Just... Look, I've been saving these up for a long time, okay? Hey, Daryl, you still want to trade cigarettes? Yeah, that's cool. Look, i got to trade these with Daryl, okay? What? Me and Kyle got this like cigarette business, and I can't just leave him now. Kevin, I don't think you understand this. Your door's going to close again. I need to get your... Kevin, come out. We need to go right now. Please. Just leave everything? Kevin, you need to come with me right now. We need to go. But what, what, what could Kevin, be better than all this? Kevin, you don't understand. They'll find the way I got in. I won't be able to come back for you. I just need more time, okay? Kevin, like, this is my I'm home. Kevin, get this out of this cell. I know. I can't, I can't just this leave This is your right only chance. I, I, I need to think about this more this, this is my home. Oh, Kevin. <sighs> Kevin, I... Kevin, I... Secure. Suspect is at large. At large repeat. Suspect is at large. No, wait, wait. so time secure. Next skip route. Suspect is at large. At large repeat. I've got to get enough there.
1: Sometimes we are unwilling to see beyond our own circumstances to see what God has in store for us. That was a good video, huh? Now some of you guys are sitting there and you're like, that's dumb because I wouldn't do that. I would totally leave. But how many times in our life has God been trying to offer us something and we don't see past our circumstances to take what he's offering? We started a series last week. Um, called basically the perspective and then this is our little thing uh, and the question became what do you see I watched my sermon from last week which I, I often do and um, I it, it didn't come off the way that I wanted to and I want to kind of explain why is this okay yes oh by the way I'm Pastor Craig Hamilton In case you guys don't know me um, <laughs> they make me say that all right so with that said we uh, we basically um, started this series in its perspective and There has to be a perspective on your life. Now, here's here's the hard part about perspective, and this is kind of what I came up with and why the message. Um, When we're talking about perspective, we can't make the connections for you because that would be our perspective. So if I'm sitting here and I'm trying to tell you, like, hey, you have to have a different perspective. You should see things this way. Then you're just taking my perspective. Did that make sense? So the hard part that we tried to do last week is when we were sharing the scriptures and when we were going through uh, John 9, we, I was trying my hardest not to basically give you my perspective on the scriptures, but that way you guys can start seeing and, and making your own perspective on how you see kind of the scriptures running. Why is that important? Because a lot of times God is trying to do something with you that he might not be doing with somebody else. But when we, when the person on stage tries to make a connection for you, I discount one of you. Did that make sense? And I don't want to do that in a series like this. One of the things that we're trying to do is help you guys kind of think through some of the things that are going on in your life. We're helping you to, or the, the hope is, is that, that you can start to see things in a different light. And basically, the light that we want you to see it in is this. We, The next slide says. Uh, where, are you willing to see people in situations the way God does? If you are here when uh, uh, like pre-service, we, we usually show like a little video, um, uh, just things that are going on in the church, and there's usually a song behind it, and we did that song from Prince of Egypt, uh, Through Heaven's Eyes, if you've never heard it, go check it out. <laughs> Great song, okay? Uh, uh, but the idea is this, are we even willing to do that? Now, some of us like we get to this place where, we're like, yeah, Craig, I'm so willing to see things the way that God wants me to see them. Uh, but that that takes some something. And today, we're going to talk about what that. Is. If we are going to start seeing people and situations the way that God sees them, then we have to do something. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Does that make sense? I'm going to do my best to try to not make connections for you, but that way you guys can start to see the scripture come alive, and you guys can start making kind of your, your, your own perception like God t- kind of talk to you. Did that make sense? So if I start to talk and then I stop, I'm like, mm. there should have been a connection made at one point, okay? Well, at least in my perspective, it should have been made, okay? Everyone with me on this one? You are so quiet today, this is going to be fun. Oh my gosh. It was like last week, man, I was trying to do things last week, and I just was like, I don't know if this is going over your head or if you guys just don't like this. And so if you can, just kind of give me, at a minimum, give me a Baptist head nod every once in a while. If you can, like, mm-hmm, yeah, and I'll be okay. It's, it's good. All right. Um, and there wasn't a slam on Baptist. Don't, don't, don't do not don't that. It's okay. It's, it's just a reality. I was there for years. That's what I used to do. You don't say amen in a Baptist church. You just go, mm and pastor knows. That's how it that works. So with that said, um, or you can give me an amen. Either one. I'm good with that too. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that too. Let's Whatever words except bad words, don't throw those out at me. Alright, I want to pray. Um, and then we will get into uh, just kind of what God has for us this morning. So Father, we love you so much. Um, and I, my heart, God, is that today um, connections would be made between you and your people. That, God, when we see the scriptures, God, um, that they would come alive, Father. And, and, and Lord, that um, I just pray maybe we see you in a different light. And, God, when we start to see you, may we see people in situations. that we So, Holy Spirit, I'm just asking, Lord, that you would just uh, love on us and help us this morning as we read your scripture. And all that agree, said, Amen. Awesome. We are going to get started right away because I have a lot of things I want to read to you, and I'll try to read it in the best way that I possibly can. Um, uh, But I am not the best reader on the planet. So, with that said, as I was sitting here getting ready for this message, one of the things that 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 God kept giving me back to was this one uh, basically scripture, and this is where we're going to start. Um, We're going to start in. Matthew 8, the same story is found in basically Matthew 4, or Matthew, Mark uh, 4, and so that's kind of going to be like, God just kept sending me to this place, and uh, when I read it to you guys, you, you'll kind of figure it out. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to preface it with the beginning of the context, and then we're going to get into a boat. And that's the concept of today, we're all getting into a boat, is that okay? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one day we'll all gee up in the boat. Alright, we're going to get into a boat. And here's why we're going to get in a boat, um, because Jesus says some profound things in a boat. Okay? And so here's what happens, uh, here's what's going on in this, in this biblical account. And this is what it says, it says, Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. Now he's talking to his disciples. So he sees a crowd start to build, and instead of running towards the crowd, what does he do? Hey, let's go over here. Does that make sense? Everybody go over here. Now, um, verse 18. And a scribe came up to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have the, uh, have, ugh, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then another of the disciples uh, said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Yay, loving Jesus, rainbows. Those are some pretty harsh words. And the reality is, the reason why I wanted to start off with this as the context, is because Jesus has a crowd forming, uh, not around him to be healed, but to try to follow him. There's a crowd forming around Jesus, and, 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 and in this they call them the disciples. Now, most of us in this place right now, when we say disciples, most of you know that there's 12 disciples. And that is kind of right. There were 12 inner disciples, and there was three amongst the 12 that God pretty much took, took and, and, and loved on, I guess, more, if you will. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's, what, that's a good word. Um, and so there were three out of the 12. But out of the, out of the 12, where did those 12 come from? It came from the hundreds that literally followed Jesus. It's not like Jesus was just walking around with the 12 guys. No, this guy marched around, and there were crowds everywhere, hundreds of people that would follow him. Are you guys with me on this one? So when he rolled up to a city, it wasn't like him and like his posse comes out like, hey, what's up? No, like no, they rolled into a city. You, are you guys with me on this one? And that's why when he says the crowd start to build, he tells the inner twelve, he says, hey guys, I need you to go over there. And then the other disciples start to come up to him, and this one guy is like, hey, I'm gonna follow you no matter what. No matter what, I'm gonna follow you. And then Jesus is like, oh, that's cool. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Can you imagine that guy? Yeah, thanks, Jesus. What is he saying to him? Hey, if you follow me, you're not going to have a home. And there was a. Uh, if you want to know more about that, I, I gave a, 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 a sermon on that a couple months back. Um, I thought it was good, but you, could, you can have your own perspective. Um, the next guy comes up and he basically says this. Hey, Jesus, I want to follow you. But, but I, I'm going to wait for my, my, my dad to die, basically, is what he's saying. And, and he says, when my dad dies, then I'm going to go, then I'll, then I'll follow you. But what he's really saying is this. You're like, that's kind of morbid. But it's not morbid. It's, it's their culture. See, what happens is, is he must be the firstborn of a family. And when his father dies, he gets the inheritance that his father has kept. Does this make sense? And so he needs to get the inheritance. And once he has all the things that he has and what he needs, then he'll come and follow. Right? And some of you that should have been one of those moments. Because how many times do we say stuff like that? Well, God, if I just had, I would. And what happens is, he goes back to the original statement. We can't see past our own circumstances, and sometimes we're afraid to move forward in the circumstances that we're in, because we don't know what God will do. Like a man trying to get out of prison. No, 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 I gotta get this bed, it contours to my whole body, I like it. Right? Are y'all still traveling with me yes so here's what happens next I love this this is the context then so here's what happens next next slide and maybe no okay. It says on that day when evening had come he said to them let us go across to the other side and leaving uh, and leaving the crowd they t- they took him with with them in the boat just as uh, just as he was man I should have did a better translation Basically, he takes the 12 guys, throws them in a boat. He can't take everybody in a boat. Does that make sense? And they say, okay, let's go to the other side of the lake. Everybody still traveling with me now? Yes, we're good. Okay, um, it says this. Uh, and, other boats were, uh, and other boats were with them. Uh, verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Uh, verse 38. But he was... Maybe. Go. In the stern. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the, on the cushion. I'm glad they put that in there, because I really wanted to know what he was sleeping on.
0: <laughs>
1: it's important, I guess. Um, and they woke him, and they said, "'Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?' Verse 39. "'And he woke, and he rebuked the wind, and, and said to the sea, "'Peace, be still.' "'And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. "'And he said to them, "'Why are you so afraid?' Oh, you of little faith, and And they were filled with great fear, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the seas obey him? It's not his fault, it's the computer, okay, I promise. I want you to get this in your mind, crowds are forming, they're following Jesus, he puts the twelve in a boat, some other guys grab a boat, they ship off, and they kind of just leave some of the crowds, and as they're going, a windstorm arises, and it starts filling the boat, the waves are crashing in, it's crazy, they're freaking out, and Jesus is just chilling on a cushion, fast asleep. Everybody with me on that one? Just knocked out. And they have to wake him up. And they're like tapping him, like, Jesus, wake up. And he wakes up. And he's like, don't you care that we're all going to die? And he says he rebukes the wind. I find this to be fascinating. He rebukes the wind, and he yells at the seas. And they obey his voice. And then they go, and then he looks at all the people. He says, you have little faith. And then everybody starts talking. Who is this guy that we're following? You should probably know that before you follow.
0: <laughs>
1: Who is he? This is incredible. But here's what I find incredible about this story or this account is that you're reading this. And the first thing that he, that, that he does is what? He rebukes the wind. I am sorry. But if I am the son of God and you wake me up out of my sleep, I rebuke you. <laughs> Think about this. They know that he's the Messiah. At least some of them are figuring out he's the Messiah. They know how the Messiah is supposed to die. He's even kind of sharing like a little bit. Hey guys, you might think this through a little bit more. And all of a sudden this boat is about to go under or it seems like it's going under. And what happens? They're like, don't you care about us? And he's like, you know why he rebukes the wind and the waves? Because he knew that the wind and the waves would obey his voice. Why? Because they don't have free will like you do. If he got up, because let's just be real, if he had the power that he has over the, over, uh, over the atmosphere like we do, or excuse me, um, like, like he would have over the atmosphere over us, he could have just woke up and been like, oh, calm down, go to sleep. And there was a... But he doesn't. Why? Because you have a free will. And I, I want you to catch this because this hit me like a ton of bricks. The wind and the waves would obey his voice, but I won't. The wind and the waves will listen to him because they know that, 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 that who he is and, and, and how he operates and, 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 and it listens, but I can't. I was like, dang God, how many times have you looked at me and said, you have little faith. I'm calling you out. It's going to be okay. Don't you care that we're perishing? How dare you? Does that make sense? Are you guys with me on this one? That was my perspective. I hope you're making some connections yourself. Does that make sense? But this is why I started looking. God kept making me go back to that and I was like, God, like that's the smallest story ever. Like, we're done. That's literally I was like, okay, sermon over. Y'all have a wonderful day. Have a great night. Yeah, blessings. And then he's like, and then I started thinking about, I was like, man, how many times does God get in a boat with his disciples? Because if you think about it, when you're in a boat, it's, it's close proximity, you can't really go anywhere. Does that make sense? I was like, I want to see how many times God, like, Jesus gets in a boat with his disciples. I think it's recorded four times in the New Testament. Four times. Now, you'll see it recorded a, more times, but just like this one, it's a double story. Same story, different book. Okay, but there's like four times that we see Jesus. The first time that Jesus shows up and he gets in a boat, he's given a sermon on the water, and he looks over at the fisherman that's in his boat, and he said, have you caught any fish? And he says, no, and he says, here, why don't you throw your net on the other side of the boat? Because, you know, fish can't swim under a boat for some reason. But he says, throw it on the other side of the boat. And every time Jesus gets in a boat, bad things happen. Because they caught so many fish that the boat began to sink, and it started to tear their nets if I was a fisherman, I would not let Jesus in my boat. If you think about it, right? If you think about it. And so that's, that's incident number one. This is incident number two. They're about to die, and he's like, ugh, rebuke. Calm down. Are y'all good now? Let me go back to my cushion, right? Like, that's it. So I looked up another. What's another uh, place where Jesus is in a boat? And I found this to be absolutely fascinating. This goes to the next slide. This goes Matthew 16. And... We'll go to the next slide. We'll just read it, maybe. All right. It says this: it says, the Pharisees and Sadducees came. Um, These are the guys that kind of, if you guys don't know Pharisees and Sadducees, Pharisees and Sadducees kind of uh, uh, religious police. That would be the best way to kind of put it. Um, The Pharisees made sure that, um, like, the daily routines of the Jewish people were being uh, done right. And then the Sadducees were kind of the same way, but they actually had more power in, like, a court system. Did that make sense? So, like, the, the Pharisees can grab you, put you in a court, and the Sadducees would kind of rule over you. Did that make sense? They're like the judges. Everybody on the same page? All right. I'm glad you're all with me. All right. Here we go. Uh, hey, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and, uh, to test Jesus, and they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. If he's the Messiah, I want to see something. Everybody with me on this one? So it says this. He answered them. When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Stick. Ooh. All the disciples were like, Dude, Jesus. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, Oh. And the Sadducees and Pharisees are like, Oh, we're going to kill him. (laughs) That's the end of the book. But anyways, um. But like, this is the setup for about to, to what happens next, okay? Now, here's what you got to know. The reason why they're asking for a sign is because he just fed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And they're like, let's see a sign. And he's like, where were you? <laughs> Are you, you guys with me on this one? And not only did he feed people, there were baskets full of bread and lefto- with leftovers. Everybody still tracking with me? Then the Sadducees come up, and the Pharisees are like, show us the sign. They say, you can interpret everything, but you can't interpret what's going on in front of you. Some of us, we need to stop being like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and we need to learn how to interpret what's in front of us. Hence, having a perspective from heaven. Did that make sense? Yeah? yeah? But that's not where this ends. The next verse says this. Maybe.
0: That's really
1: yeah what oh yeah there we're here we're good <laughs> now, now they had forgotten to bring bread just walk with me they had forgotten to bring bread and they had only one loaf with them in the boat if you're putting two and two together I just fed uh, 4,000 people with seven loaves a few fish Pharisees want to see a sign because they can't interpret the times. You get in a boat, and your first thought is lunch. And they're freaking out because they only have one loaf of bread. And then Jesus says to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now that is a very stupid statement. If you're not a baker. Right? Leaven. It's like a yeast. You put it in the bread. And what happens? It makes the bread go, whoop. Otherwise you get a tortilla and not a good one okay you want this like you want it to grow and what is he saying he's saying this watch and beware of the leaven of the fairies and the sadducees why because the Pharisees and the sadducees they always need to see something they always need to they they have to they have to see something to believe they want this they want this test to go on they want to test god all the time he says be aware of that stop testing me and then he looks at him he says this and they begin discussing it among themselves saying we brought no bread and Jesus is like, are you seriously thinking that we're talking about bread? We brought no bread. And, but Jesus, aware of this, said, you of little faith, why are you? Mm-hmm. Discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread. Do you not yet understand? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many baskets were gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're in a boat. They have nowhere to go. And Jesus is giving them the lecture on bread. And in case you guys are wondering, he said this, I fed 5,000 with how many loaves? Five. And I fed 4,000 with seven. So the less you have, the more he can do with it. Or you should figure that out. Yeah, no? Okay. All right. So the less you have, the more he can do with it. Because he's not afraid. And he's sitting there and he's saying, listen, everybody. If I gave bread to these people, what makes you think I ain't going to help you? What makes you think that you're going to go without? Look, if we got one piece of bread sitting here and there's only 12 of us, trust me, we're good. We're good. But the problem is in our life, we can't see past our circumstances and we don't recognize that if God gives us something small, if we give it back to him and let him bless it, he will do more than you could ever ask or imagine. Are you guys with me on this one? But you've got to beware of the leaven. You've got to beware of the Pharisees and the Sadducees where we judge everything and we look at our situation and we keep saying, He can't, He can't, He can't. We need to get to a place where we sit back and we say, We know He will. We know He will. We know He will. <coughs> so that's Jesus in a boat for a third time. See, this is the crazy part. Jesus in the, board, the boat for the fourth time it makes sense to me now because see he does a feeding once again feeds a lot of people And he looks at his disciples he's like you guys do me a favor why don't you all get in the boats and you all just start heading out before me and he sends them off and as he sends them off he goes up to a hill and he starts to pray And as he's up on the hill and he starts praying and loving on on his father, it says this, that when he was done praying, uh, the boats were far away from shore. I think he did this on purpose because every time he steps in a boat with them, things start happening. He's like, man, do I have to have these dumb conversations again? The bread, really? You're seriously gonna wake me up when you don't really understand yet who I am. You know what? You guys go ahead. I'll catch up. And how does he catch up? He starts walking on the water. He's like, I'm not even gonna get in the boat. So he starts walking. And all of a sudden, he's I just wonder if this is really what happened. He's like walking, and all of a sudden, they're like, Ah, it's a ghost. He's like, Crud! They saw me. <laughs> and what happens when they see him? Peter jumps up, and he's like, He's like, Hey, if it's you, Lord. If it's you, Lord, then I need you to call me out. I need to go and be with you. Lord, if it's you, call me out. And he starts walking on the water. Okay? But here's what happens. When he gets close to Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out. Now, I have to stop right there because I think that is a dumb statement. It is windy this morning, and I think that is awesome that God did that. When it was windy outside, did you look out your window and go, man, look at all that wind. kind of a dumb statement right because you don't see wind you see the effects of wind does that make sense but you don't actually see the wind so this statement he saw the wind and got afraid means this he wasn't afraid of the wind what he was really afraid of is this I'm not allowed to be doing this I'm not allowed to be doing this I am literally walking on water physics does not work something broke and this and this my friends this is a it, ooh. this is where we lose our faith because God says I can do anything and you say no God you can only do things that are in my imagination you can only do things God that I can think of you can't think or God you can't do things outside of what I think did that make sense and, and that's Peter at that moment. He's standing on the water, and he's looking to the left, and he looks to the right, and he's just like, no. You know, this is why I, I believe miracles don't happen in a lot of places when we pray for them, because you hope for a miracle, but you don't think it's going to happen. Did that make sense? I think a lot of times we get, we, we get into situations where we're like, I want it to happen, I want it to happen. Just because you want something and you will it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Because I've been doing that with money my whole life, it mm, just—it doesn't just appear. I got to be in a place to where I recognize God can do anything through me, even standing on water. And what happens? I love this. So he cries out, "Lord, save me!" And I, I have a whole message on this, but I'll give you a little snippet. This is totally a rabbit trail. "Lord, save me." This is Peter, the fisherman, whose dad was a fisherman. Who in John chapter 21 jumps in the water and swims a hundred yards to shore. Does he know how to swim? Yes. Oh Lord, save me. From what? You know how to swim. Egg bead. Let's go. Right? He knows how to swim. What is he actually saying save me from? Myself. God, save me from myself. Save me from the idea that I can't, that, 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 that I can't do the things you want me to do. And he reaches down his hand... Jesus immediately reaches out his hand and took hold of him, saying, You of little faith, why do you doubt? Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat uh, worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Everybody with me? This is Jesus in a boat. Well, the last one, he got in at the end. Jesus in a boat. Now I want to share this with you. I, I thought this was absolutely fascinating as I was, I was reading this. Every time Jesus was in a boat with the disciples, he used one phrase. You of little faith. And it struck me. Like, it literally struck me. I'm like, how come every time he's in a boat with the disciples, they either have these conversations and at the end of the conversation, it usually ends up with Jesus looking at him saying, you of little faith. What in the world so I started praying in on this, and I said, God, I, I, want, I want an understanding. How come every time we're in a boat, you say, you have little faith? And how do I get out of that? And this is a, kind of one of the things I, I believe the Lord shared. In a boat, out in the water, you have no control. Your life is at the mercy of the wind and waves. I believe this is right where God, this is where God wants us looking past our circumstances and believing God has control, has our provision, and has our life in His hand. If you think back to every um, account with Jesus in the boat it's this I have the control. I have the provisions. I have your life in my hands. problem, does he have control? Do you believe he will provide? And does he truly hold your life in his hands? Are you doing everything you can to survive? Now, as I say this, Christians get Christianese on me, okay? Let me explain this. When you give control to God, that does not mean you don't do anything. This is, I, I don't know why this is a thing. Like I have to explain this. I, and I, I, it's weird, but I have to. And I'm not, I'm not treating you like a child, but it really honestly needs to be said. So Here's the thing. When you give control to God, it does not mean that you just sit there and go, whatever you want. Are you following me on this one? That's not how it works. You have to go and like give control to God. Live your life, but everything that happens in your life, you try to point it back to the kingdom. Every little thing that happens, it's, okay, God, what are you doing in this situation? It could be even a horrible situation. You can get into a car wreck, and I I pray none of that happens, but you can get into a car wreck, and you can get mad and be like, I hate uh, you, you're stupid, you ran into me, or you can look at it and say this, hey, look, it was my bad, but at the same time, what is God trying to do in this situation? What does God want to do in this situation? How can I further kingdom in this situation? You get sick and you have to go to the ER for like hours and hours and hours. You are stuck in there with a bunch of people that literally just need hope. Give it to them. How can you provide kingdom everywhere you go? That's giving that that control to God. And just saying, God, it's your hands, not mine. It's your will, not mine. Are you guys following me on that one? The provision thing is really fun. The provision thing, you have to get to this place where you recognize that that God wants to provide. I, I'm going to use this. I'm going to get in trouble, but it's okay. I'm going to use this anyways. Um, I, I, I was, a, so I, I grew up in two different things. I grew up Baptist, and, I, and then all of a sudden, like, the Holy Spirit showed up in a mighty way in my life, and then I was kind of titled charismatic. Does that make sense? Um, I never went to extreme Pentecostal, um, but but I don't discredit Pentecostals at all. I, I, I love how God moves through everybody. Does that kind of make sense? Everybody with me on that one? So I, 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 there's just some different beliefs. But here's how I grew up. I grew up Baptist, and Baptists have this thing. It's all logical. It's, it's, it's like that, that's why they're kind of on that conservative kind of a line where they, they, it, it, it's got to make sense. It's got to go from point A to point B, right? Where you have charismatics where they're like, point A to point B. I can jump to point C if God wills it. You're, that's true. Does that make sense? And so you're like, yeah, that, that's true. So they both have a point, but I grew up that way. And then all of a sudden I became charismatic and I just moved in the spirit. I don't want to title that, but I just kind of said, okay, God, your will, your, your way be done. And then here's the thing. I found this to be super fascinating because I, I, I was working in a church. I, I work in churches. That's kind of what I've done my whole life. That's what God's opened doors for me. And for some reason, you don't find this in in Pentecostal free Methodists or Methodists but on the conservative but you find this a lot in charismatic and Pentecostals did you know that in this realm everybody like God tells everybody in the charismatic Pentecostal world to quit their job (laughs) and to go into ministry I found this a hundred times. And I used to deal with students, young adults, all the time. And, and here's what they always do. They always go, Craig, the Lord's asking me to quit my job, and I'm supposed to go full bore into the ministry. And I'm like, I really hope you heard him. <laughs> I really do. The problem is, is that they have a job. And here's where I, this is the kicker for them. So I, I, this is where I kind of come in because I've, I've always worked in a church. It's just kind of my thing. So I've never had to quit my job to go into ministry. It's just always been there. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, I, and here's my question. I have a question for you. You're supposed to quit your job. You heard from the Lord? Yes, I did. Absolutely Craig. I'm going to quit. So you're not going to have any finances coming into your house? Absolutely not because the Lord is going to provide for me. OK, I have a question. Who gave you that job? What do you mean? Well how many prayers did you pray to get that job that you want to now give up? Oh a lot. So the job was a gift from God that you're now telling me that he's trying to throw it away. Well yeah. The way that I see the kingdom moving with God is not that. God does provide, but we have to be smart with what he provides for us. Did you know that there's a statement that says from glory to glory? Listen, I've quit jobs before, but the reason I quit jobs before isn't because I really wanted to quit. I was kind of, it was this weird place where you're kind of forced out. Does that make sense? But you know what's really weird is every time God tries to force you out of something, he already has something in the wind waiting. You're never left without as long as you've given control to him and you start moving in his thing. He moves you from one area to the next, moving you from glory to glory. Did that, did that make sense? Now I get in trouble with this because I, I know lots of people quit jobs and they do that and they say it's of God and I'm not. Listen, what you, what you can't hear from me here is one's right and one's wrong. That's not the case. Does that make sense? I'm just saying to you guys, when it comes to control and when it comes to provision, we have to be very cautious on what God is doing. Because we don't want to just cut something off and God's like, dude, I totally gave you that. Does that make sense? And you have to be cautious. Now, if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, mate, I might have done that. It's okay. He loves you. He's going to give more. Does that make sense? Just make sure that you're okay in the waiting. Did that make sense? That was just one example. I could probably give 20 more, but time is an issue. So, the last thing is this. I, I want to share this last thing with you guys is this. If we are ever going to see people and situations through God's eyes, we must learn to be fearless in the storms, faithful in the waiting, and confident in his voice. Let me explain confident in his voice. So, we can, I think the other two, you guys got it, right? Yeah? No? Yeah, fearless in the storm because you have control. It's his will, his way. The next one is faithful in the waiting. He's going to provide. Just make sure that you're there. The last one is this, is confident in his voice. How do you know it's God? This is the one that catches everybody. How do I know it's God? Easy. You talk with your friends about it. You talk with your friends. So like, let's say that something's going on, and you, you literally have a group of friends that are your confidants, they are your people, they love you, they, and, and you're just like, I need to talk with you. I really believe that the Lord is telling me to do this. So everything that, that happens, whether it's through uh, the waiting or whether it's the control of God, when you hear his voice, you always go, hey, is this, what do you think? Am I crazy? Just because of the quitting of the job one is, is in my head real quick, we'll just do that. It, it, so I quit my job you, you you find three people that kind of will back you up in that. I really believe I was praying with you. I, the only reason we have this church right now is because that is exactly what I did. There was another church willing to pick me up and they were they they were funding me. It was yeah, we were set like yeah, it was. Awesome. It was going to be a blessing. It was like one of those moments as a pastor where you're like all the hard work all the suffering It paid off in this moment and the Lord literally grabbed me and he says are you really listening to me? Or do you just want the money? And I was like don't ask me that Jesus That is a dumb thing to ask a person right now. i very unstable right now. Don't I Told that to my wife my wife looks at me and she's like, it's a good question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, just a side note, your spouse is, they can count as one of the three, but they shouldn't be the only one that counts. Just so you know, because your spouse, they, because they're connected to you, they have the same desires and God's probably telling them the same thing. If they, When you go to your, your spouse and you're like, I feel like the Lord is saying this, they're like, yeah, I think you're way off, then that's where you stop, you don't have to go to other people. Does that make sense? It's just turned into a marriage seminar, okay? Like, look, you just, you don't do that. Why? Because they're not on board and you're just like, because when you go and ask somebody else after your spouse already said, I don't think that's what God's doing, all you're saying is you don't hear from God and you just moved on. That is not going to be a good thing. Does that make sense? It's going to cause tension. That's going to cause a lot of stuff, so you don't do that. It, when marriage, when you happen to became one, you listen to the Lord's voice. You go to them and you say, hey, this is what I'm really feeling. What do you feel? Can you pray into that? And spouses, if, if your husband or wife comes to you and says, I feel like the Lord is doing this, you have to pray about it. Don't just be like emotion right off the bat like, no. No, say, you know what? I haven't actually so, like, sought the Lord in this. Let me go pray and I'll get back to you. Does that make sense? everyone done that. But you want a testimony of three, that's how you know the Lord is actually doing something. That's how we started this church. I called up, not three, I called up 16 of my friends. <laughs> because if this was happening, I needed to know. And even all 16 of them were like, yeah, I think you need to, I think we're supposed to start a church. And I was like, no, we're not. You all don't know Jesus. <laughs> I said, there's only one thing I'm allowed to do. I'm not allowed to test God. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. God, I'm going to test you, and I'm only allowed to test you in finances. So, God, if, you, if this is really you, I need... And it was like an astronomical amount of money. It was like stupid, because I was like, we're not doing this. Um, the next morning, I had a, a young man come to my house, and literally, we prayed that prayer at like 10.45 at night. At 9.43 the next morning, I had a knock on my front door. It was a young man. He hands me an envelope and says, thank you for being our pastor. And he says, this is to start your church. <laughs> no, God! <laughs> no! <laughs> At that point, I don't know if I really needed to hear a voice because at that point, it was God just going this. Hey, hey. (laughs) But there's things in your life, this is where we need to be. This is the places that we need to get to. We need to, oh, is it possible to go back to the last slide? Yeah. If we're ever going to see people and situations through God's eyes, we must learn to be fearless in the storms, faithful in the waiting, and confident in His voice. Because when you start to do that, you can walk into somebody else's storm and give it peace. When you're comfortable in the waiting, you can go into somebody else's waiting and say, we got this together, and you can lean in on each other. And when God is calling you to do something and you hear his voice, you can then turn to each other and say, we're going after this, not by ourselves, but with everyone. Amen? That's how we start to see a different perspective in our community. That's how we start giving a different culture in our community is by living this way. There are no storms in in life. Now that'll twist your head a little bit. There are no storms. Spann, you can come on stage. What if there are no storms in life? Why? Because God never sees a storm. Does that make sense? You get to walk that into somebody else's life. The provision might not come the way you think it's going to come, but at least you're going to have people in your life that love you enough to say, hey, don't freak out. Take a deep breath, because we're going to do this together. And last, if you're not hearing the Lord, then we got to do what we can to hear His voice. In all honesty, I know that sounds weird, but He talks to you. He shares things with you. There's going to be a, a still small voice in your heart, in your head. You're going to think it's your conscience. It's not. It's the Lord. How do I know? Because it tells me in the scriptures that the Lord lives in me. He's inside of me. So if the Lord is in me, then I'm going to hear the Lord the way that I'm going to hear me. Does that make sense? That sounds kind of weird, but it's the truth. How do you know what's not of the Lord? Well, I'm going to go and talk to with my friends. And let's just be real. God doesn't go against his own word. It won't happen. That's how we know when crazy people are like, the Lord told me to kill a bunch of people. No, no. Murder's wrong. Does that make sense? So the reality starts to become, for us, we need to get to a place where these things become a reality to us. And that's my prayer for for this community. That's my prayer for this region. What if there were hundreds, if not thousands of people living this out? I believe people would come all over from all over the world just to spend a week with us. Why? Because it would be the calmest, the most peaceful thing that they would have. They would be inspired. They would be encouraged. Why? Just because of the way we live our lives. Fearless. Amen? So, Father, we love you. And I thank you for the boats. I thank you for the conversations. And I pray, Father God, that when, when you come, that you would not look at us and say, oh, you of little faith, but you would look at us and say, well done, good and faithful. So God, let us be those people. Let us be the ones that, 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 that make you smile. Let us be the ones that influence regions, Father God, if not the world. So God, we just, we just love you and we praise you. In this time right now, as we go into worship, Hear his voice. If you need to get rid of things in your life, get rid of things in your life. But right now as we praise him and we worship him, let him come in. Let him talk to you. And may you have visions in this moment. May you, may you get a word in this moment. Something that would inspire you and encourage you to chase after him. So, so Father, we ask this for your sons and daughters.